0: Hey, how you doing, everyone? Happy Sunday. This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the Co-op Podcast episode 231. And yeah, um, unfortunately, it's just three of us today, uh, because obviously Richard Bailey Jr. and JJ are both at PSX 2017 right now, right this minute. So, you know, today I have Mr. Max Muller here. How you doing, Max?
1: Hey, dude, I'm doing well happy to be
0: back in the show glad to have you back man uh we also have miss dana abercrombie how you doing dana
2: hola everyone i'm doing great
0: good good yeah so um richard and jj should be flying back to you know where they live tomorrow and they said that they'll probably do their own you know little recap show just letting everyone know how it was to actually be at psx and stuff Mm -hmm. so definitely look forward to that as well But today we are going to give you our personal recaps based on, you know, watching the streams of both the Game Awards and PSX. So you have that to look forward to. Um, Shouts to, you know, all the people who are in the chat already waiting. But, um, yeah, let's get straight into what we've been playing. And I'll go first. Um, Of course, I've been playing Overwatch. um, And I'm looking forward to the event that's coming up, the Winter Wonderland. Um, that should be fun. There's going to be a, a new um, arcade mode game that's coming out where, uh, basically, I think it's Five Maze against one Winston, and it's going to be like an OP Yeti version of Winston. Uh, so that should be fun. Uh, but yeah, besides <laughs> that... Yeah, like, I like when Jeff Kaplan announced it, I like how he, he was saying um, Five Maze is everyone's worst nightmare in Overwatch. Um that's really true. Like May does true. cause a lot of uh <laughs> chaos. But yeah, looking forward to that. Um besides that, I uh what have I been playing? I've been playing um Persona 4 on the Vita. I actually went back to that. Um I, I did start this originally like last year before Persona 5 came out, but I didn't get too far with it. And then obviously Persona 5 came out and I was super invested in that game and I ended up loving it, and um, it just made me want to go back to post-Persona 4 afterwards as well. So, uh, yeah, I've picked that back up now, and I'm really enjoying it. I just uh, beat the first dungeon, which was quite easy, actually, but um, I hear that this game gets really complicated, and that it's a lot more complicated than Persona 5 is. So, we'll see how uh, tough that game gets. But, that's pretty much it. Um, I, I I I almost um, caved in and bought Assassin's Creed Origins this week. But with Christmas coming up, I feel pressured to, you know, save my money and buy other people, you know, gifts and stuff. Because, you know, it's that time of year where you're kind of pressured into buying things for other people. And, um, you know, um, obviously I have no problem with that. But, you know, it's just the fact that you know it's is that the whole christmas gimmick is designed to get you to spend money unnecessarily um and yeah i'm just gonna wait until that's over with and then i'm gonna get to treating myself to some more games and stuff after so um yeah i'm gonna hold off on that until after the holidays but um yeah that's pretty much it how about you dana what you've been playing this week
2: I've been playing two games. One is Dauntless, which um, right now is in closed beta, and I really enjoy it. It is basically um, an action role-playing game, and you just go—I've been playing with three other people. You go, and you fight beasts, and you are these big behemoths, and they have one of my favorites, is is Bear Owl, which is literally what it is, what it sounds like. It's a bear and an owl. You know, it's like this big old bear— with massive owl wings and it flies around and it has like a morphed face of a bear and an owl. And your goal is just to basically kill it. And you make your own gear, you know, you upgrade with different weapons and it's just been a lot of fun. Each match is around 15 to 20 minutes and it's hard for me. Um, but the more you play, the better you get at it. So I've been making slow progress where I went from just being awful to being tolerable. Right now, and I've also been playing uh, Spider-Man: Shattered Dimensions. I went back to that game because it was one of my favorites, and it's a very long story of how I lost that game, but I got it back again thanks to Tony, who does the Throwdown. So I've been playing that, and I'm just getting really excited for the Spider-Man on PS Four.
0: That's cool. I never played uh, Shattered Dim- Dimensions, um, but I heard you mixed things about. Mixed-
2: You have to, because it's just basically Spider-Man throughout different timelines. So it's like noir, there's like the future. So just, you should do it. It's really good.
0: Yeah, if I get the chance to, I'll definitely go back and check that out for sure. Um, And I'm also really looking forward to the new Spider-Man game. But um, yeah, that's cool. Um, How about you, Max? What have you been playing this week?
1: Uh, like last week i didn 't have much time to play games but i 've been when I have had time i 've been playing prey still i 'm right near the ending of it um it 's interesting there 's the game just keeps throwing things at me like every time I enter a new area, I get like six side quests, and those side quests devolve into other side quests, and then i 'll be doing those side quests and i 'll be getting more because you 're exploring more of the ship. Because it basically how it works is it's kind of like Bioshock one where you have the entire uh, like kind of it's not a city this time it's a space station Uh, you have the entire space station available to you like at all times like you could go back to the first area whenever the hell you want assuming that it's open and like some gameplay mechanic hasn't like blocked it off for now. But, like, I'm right near the end part of the game where, like, I have to start making decisions. And I found myself making, like, like six separate save points because I know there's multiple endings and I could see how... Excuse me. I could see how um some of them are going to play out and kind of branch out into their own section where I won't be able to go back. So I've been making hella save points because you can have, like, a whole bunch so that I could go back and, like, play each ending without having to go through the entire game again. And... It's really, uh, I just really like how it's playing out and how it's just constantly giving me stuff to do and explore the space station. Because most games, by this point, I'd be kind of like, all right, whatever. I'm just ready to get to the end. But this game has intrigued me so much. And just all of the different enemies and just the places to explore the space station is just absolutely insane. It's very cream, well-written, a lot of quality of life adjustments that just make me want to keep playing it and stay in the world as long as possible. Because I know that once I beat it, I'm not really going to want to go back just because that's the type of gamer I am nowadays because there's just so many games out there now. Everything done before really uh, wrapping everything up and finishing all that up. But it's just, it's just to me, it's such an underrated game that I really think should have gotten more attention this year. I don't know why it didn't, I guess, because it came out at a weird time. But I felt the same way about Dishonored 2, and that's from the same studio. And I guess, I don't know, these are more niche titles, I guess, because Prey is... It's definitely a difficult game. It's not a game that I don't think the public would pick up on. It's not really a horror game. It's more of a thriller, but there are definitely like horrific elements like Bioshock one. And even Bioshock one is still more of like a cult hit. It's like a gamer hit, like the casual casual gamers and stuff. They don't really know about Bioshock. So I guess it makes sense that it didn't get as much attention as I think it deserved, but it's one of those games that like when everyone was freaking out about like single player games, dying and stuff, I didn't even see prey being mentioned. And now having played through it, I think that that's a shame because this game rewards your creativity. It's so, there's just not, I'm I'm struggling to find things wrong with it. It's just really my type of game as well. It's so creative. There's so much going on. It's like, there's so many twists and things just happening all the time. and So much to keep track of. And it's just like, I feel like I'm just being immersed and lost into this world where just, everything went wrong at a certain point because it's like, you're out in space trying to figure out this new alien race. And like the backstory is that like Russia came to the United States tr- because they found this alien race out in space. And that's why the moon, um, that's why the moon mission like happened was actually to go and figure out what the hell's going on with these aliens. And then like everything went wrong. So there's all this backstory to it too, that you can find by reading books and just exploring. And it just has really hooked me in and I love it. I guess I will say the enemy variety is kind of lacking, even though like, as you start the game, these enemies are terrifying. Like You're freaked out to go fight anyone, just like in Bioshock 1. But like, I'm at the point now where like the enemies are pretty much elemental variations on the same enemies as beforehand, and I've gotten pretty overpowered because I've been taking so long to get to the end of the game. I've been upgrading myself up so high because I've been doing everything that I'm kind of like a powerhouse now, <laughs> or I'm just running past everyone. Because, yeah, the enemies are just kind of man. now. They're just kind of annoying. But, like, that's not really hampering my enjoyment of the game. It's really just because I've been stretching it out so much. But, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm, like, 20 hours in. And I thought I was going to beat it last night. But I think I still have, like, five or six more hours to go, which is really cool. So, yeah, I've been enjoying it thoroughly.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like uh, this, this year, like, we've seen a lot of... Uh, great games be released that people just don't pay attention to, or at least like the casual market just, you know, doesn't pay attention to them and they kind of, you know, slip. Uh, Not really by the wayside, but like, you know, they they, uh, just just slip by and not everyone acknowledges how great these games are. And uh, the way you described it, you know, that's one of those games that kind of fits in that category. And I know there was a few of them this year. Um, But yeah, that, that sounds good. This definitely sounds intriguing the way you described it. Um, particularly yeah. the the whole moon landing thing cuz I love conspiracy theories. So
1: Yeah, it's something yeah. that like it's not really integrated into the plot at all, which kind of sucks. It's something like you find out if you're reading through the books and everything on the side. I wish that was something they incorporated more into it. But like a lot of that's there for the players who go searching for it. But even then, just the normal plot is still really interesting in and of itself.
0: Cool. Sounds really good. um, Yeah, so that's it. That's everything.
1: Sorry, I was taking a drink. Yep, that's it.
0: All right, cool. So that's what we've been playing. Definitely let us know what you guys have been playing this week in the chat room. But um, I guess it's time to move on to our main topics now. Um, So, yeah, we're going to start off by, you know, just highlighting, um, you know, ps4 sales they because now they've reached 70 million units worldwide and um to my knowledge the ps3 has sold 83 million worldwide so that means you know the ps4 is already gonna outsell you know outdo the ps3 which is amazing for sony i think you know and um it's definitely been a, a great generation for them i think uh dana did you have some thoughts on that
2: no, basically it's a great system and they have great games to support the system unlike, you know, other consoles. So, I'm not surprised Ouch. by the numbers at all.
0: <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, those shots. That was crazy. Yeah, but um yeah, definitely kudos to Sony. Um, you know, it's I think this year has kind of proved that it's well deserved. Uh before this year, I was kind of, you know, a bit like confused as to why they were doing so well because i felt like the games were a f- uh, few and far between kind of thing and the third parties were really kind of carrying them but this year they've definitely solidified themselves you know and uh but they they do have some competition you know coming up um the the nintendo switch you know it's kind of uh it's getting to that point where they're gonna be doing similar numbers so yeah, um, it's, it's definitely a great time for gaming in 2017, moving into 2018. Uh, Max, you got any thoughts on that? And are you going to contribute to these numbers anytime soon?
1: <laughs> I'd really like to, as everyone knows. Um, I've actually been debating between this or a Switch now. That's the really tough thing, because the Switch is just so enticing. But I still need to play catch-up, eventually. Yeah. Um, So I can't make a solid comment on that yet. But like you guys said, um, obviously props to Sony for selling as many systems as they have. That's absolutely insane. And like you said, Gary, they really delivered on the titles this year. Um, I do remember that too. And like uh, where the consoles were mostly just having sparse first parties and then they had the third parties kind of carrying them. And it was just kind of like we were in this weird limbo state where like the third parties were still really good don't get me wrong and like the first parties that were coming were good like Bloodborne was killer but we still just didn't have a whole bunch of titles to really sink our teeth into that were first party obviously until this year where now there's more than we can even handle than any one person can handle (laughs) so that's pretty crazy to them that hasn't happened in a long time and now the switch is about to pull the same thing like you were just saying it's absolutely crazy that not only has the PlayStation 4 just been absolutely killing it, but Nintendo's even made a comeback. And that competition is going to be good. You know, it's going to be good. We're going to have even, like, 2018 is already looking crazy for both systems, especially with that Insomniac Spider-Man game, dude. That thing, see, that's that's the biggest thing that's making me question a PS4 over a Switch is that Spider-Man game just looks absolutely amazing. And I just watched Spider-Man Homecoming, too, so now I'm, like, really in the Spider-Man mood again. And, like, ugh. It looks so cool. It looks absolutely insane. So, and you know, they have the God of War game coming and everything that we'll talk about later in the PSX part, but they just set themselves up for another killer year. So it's, it's just, it's, it's well deserved, honestly.
0: Yeah, man. And yeah, I mean, for someone like you, I could see how it's a tough decision between the Switch and the PlayStation now because they have, they both have, you know, a lot of, uh, quality titles already available and then obviously the future is going to bring a lot more Um, so yeah uh, it's probably definitely a tough decision to choose between those two but yeah um, Sony have had a great year so congrats to them we definitely had to acknowledge that but um, you guys got any final thoughts on that before we move on
1: not in particular just extremely well deserved
0: (laughs) indeed so, yeah, I, I mean, I had to make sure I put something positive about Sony in here before I rip them to shreds later. So, yeah, uh, I, I think we did a good job with that. But um, Fair. moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, so there was Capcom released some uh, Mega Man announcements this week. So, you know, of course, we're going to get a new Mega Man, Mega Man 11. And then there's also uh, Mega Man X, which uh, I'm not... Too sure on uh, Mega Man, but I, I believe it's like a remaster or something or a collection. I think. Um, I'm not. Oh uh, sure yeah, now. the
1: X Collection is coming. From what I know, they're actually a separate set of games. Um, Mega Man like X, there's like eight of. Them. Um, might be more, but from what I know, they're just like another like set, like a more modern take on these games. But I don't know if they're necessarily remakes or more just like. New versions of these, just literally new games, just like a whole new series, more futuristic. I think there's something specific about them that makes them different. But um, the then they kind of fell off once uh, Kenji and Twain left to go make Mighty, or not Mighty Number Nine. What is it? No, Mighty Number Nine, yeah. Which obviously didn't do well, and that's kind of why the Mega Man series kind of took a hit for a bit. And now they're coming back with like Eleven and bringing those X games over to the new consoles in, like, a collection like they did with the old games.
0: Yeah. I guess, um, Dana, do you have a lot of experience with Mega Man, and are you excited for this at all?
2: I don't have much experience with Mega Man. I just find it also hilarious that he's going to be in Monster Hunter World, but he's not a playable character, which I thought was just a missed opportunity for just hilariousness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, a little confusing, but... Uh, I guess yeah, I uh, It's good. What it's nice purpose. fan
2: service. Yeah, I didn't understand what the purpose of doing that was.
0: Fan service. Got to give something to the people.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: uh. For The Mega Man fans, because uh, you like, you got to understand the Mega Man fans have been, um, you know, very distraught, very upset recently because you know Mighty Number no. Nine dropped last year, so um, and and that didn't, you know, meet their expectations. So a lot but of I'm them are kind of antsy
2: see that's the problem right now the money number nine was horrible and i wouldn't want to be teased again with another mega man and then know that he's not playable he's just sitting there in the game and you can listen to like some of his music while doing the game so i just thought that was really cheap that's cheesy to me that's just like a bigger insult you create a crappy game and now it's like he's in this game but here's some music instead cuz he's not playable. It's eh, silly. But if they do, you know, get the franchise back, you know, where it's playable at least, then that's something that's to look forward to. But to just tease them with, with what was now announced was just stupid. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they were just like too lazy. Not necessarily too lazy. That's probably not the right word choice, but like, just didn't want to make, uh, just didn't want to make him into like the type of character that you need to play as, like when you're playing Monster Hunter. Because I know that you in Monster Hunter you do a bunch of ridiculous stuff. Um, I just think I think that's pretty funny. That's a funny way of looking at it. You're right. Like these people are probably like, "What the hell? Why would you just introduce him and not allow us to play as him?" That is kind of weird because it's not like he fits into that game at all in any way, shape, or form. But Capcom has always been kind of weird sometimes. Like, especially with like Dead Rising, you know, they've always like done weird stuff and had like Mega Man suits and stuff like that. But this is this is a very weird integration of that. I agree.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a little weird because um obviously you you're gonna have um on you know on the PlayStation, you're gonna have Aloy from um from Horizon, and she definitely fits the bill, like she fits into the world. But you know, Mega Man is is a bit you know um, it's a bit of a, a a weird choice to include. But I think it's strictly fan service for Mega Man fans, you know. And obviously, it's Capcom related, so they I guess they thought you know why not just you know put this in there for people who who might like it. You know, I guess. But um, yeah, playing him would be a bit crazy in that world. I think like um, yeah, it, it would stand out. But yeah, um, new Mega Man's coming, so hopefully Mega Man fans are happy now. Um, you know, Meg- Mighty Number no. Nine was definitely terrible, but you know, um, and that left a lot of people unhappy, left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But you know, now Capcom is finally getting back to Mega Man, so uh, I think that's good news overall. Um, hopefully, they do it justice, though. So, yeah, any final thoughts on that before we move on?
1: I guess I just have to say, well, right now the trailer looked a bit rough to me. Um, the animations looked a bit rough, like stiff. And the art style looked like it just needed a bit more pizzazz. Um, obviously, the game isn't coming out for another year, so I don't think that's much to worry about right now. Otherwise, it looked great. Like, it looked like a work in progress that's about to be something really cool. But you never know. We only saw a couple minutes of footage. But yeah, hopefully, I hope. That. I hope.
0: Yeah, like you said, hopefully that is just a case of um them showing a a really early build, and um hopefully by the time it does come out, it'll be a lot more you know refined, a lot more um smooth, and you know uh, definitely a lot better, a lot less rough. Yeah, Um, I just I just hope they don't rush it.
1: Me too, dude. Right, me too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. But um, moving on. Um, Dana is going to take the lead here, but um, there was some news about, you know, Spider-Man Into the Um, Spider-Verse. Yeah,
2: really random. During the uh, PSX event, Sony Entertainment released um, a teaser trailer for their new movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is going to be a computer-generated movie about Miles Morales, which, of course, you know, brought me to tears because... Finally, we got Black Spider-Man. It was very short. And basically it showed Miles in the Spider-Man costume going through New York City and him, you know, swinging from the the air and going through the subway system only to find out that there are more Spider-Mans in this universe. And it cuts to all these different spiders biting people. And in the background, you get to see, like, different Spider-Mans. So that is coming out in 2018. And it looked, even in, like, the one-minute, 18-second trailer, the animation looked so beautiful. It's like this hyper-realism type thing with these quick, like, cut scenes. And it it just looks like something that is going to be amazing in 2018. It's directed and written by... uh, Chris, Lloyd, what is it? No, 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 what is it? Um, the guys who did this, the Lego movie and then the Batman movies. So you know it's going to be fun and interesting and it'll have a good story. But that's what's known. They didn't announce who the villain is going to be at all, but they did say that Liev Schreiber is going to play, well, voice the guy.
0: That's that's pretty dope. Um, I, I, like, I definitely want to say I would like to see Marvel do a lot more like you know Animated um, Marvel movies and stuff You know on the scale because we know that DC like uh, a lot of the times Their animation Are are way better than like you know The live action movies and everything So the uh,
2: commercial uh, Action movies
0: Say that again
2: I said their basic commercials are better than the live Action movies
0: (laughs) Yeah exactly Um And yeah, I, I think because Marvel has so many characters and I feel like they could um, flesh out a lot of them if they did, if they got into doing animated stuff um, a lot more, on definitely on this scale. And, you know, we know with Disney, they have a lot of talent in terms of creating, you know, animated movies and um, especially ones like this where it's, you know, more um, computer graphic based, you know, it's, it's that Pixar kind of style um a a pixar marvel movie would be incredible as well but yeah um i would definitely like to see a lot more of this so i hope that this is successful um yeah max did you get to check it out at all
1: i haven't but i can say that i know um while Marvel has always killed it in the live-action space compared to DC, I know that, like you guys said, DC has always had the better animation. So it would be nice if Marvel could catch up in that space as well and actually kind of play the floor in both spaces. Because I, from what I know, DC absolutely destroys Marvel in the, in the animated space.
0: Cool. Yeah, so uh, if you guys haven't checked out the trailer for that, then definitely do so. It's, it's on the website now. Um, you know, so definitely check that out, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. But um, yeah, let's transition then into the recaps, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with uh the Game Awards first. Um, and I will say, surprisingly, there's a lot more talking points from the Game Awards than a uh, PSX, but uh, we'll get to that soon. But um, yeah, so. Uh, the Game Awards. There's quite a few things to talk about. You know, obviously there was uh Soul Calibur Six announcement, which caught everyone off guard because no one was really expecting that. And um, I'd say that it's it's very good to see that return because although we've had a lot of great fighting games this year, I feel like you know um Injustice and um Marvel vs Capcom are more aimed at you know the casual or casual audience and stuff like those are games that you can pick up and enjoy and have fun with without having to um you know be too skilled in it but games like tekken you know there's they're a bit more obscure and you know less uh less mainstream i guess i mean obviously they are popular but um you know those are more skill focused fighters and i think soul Calibur fits into that category so it's nice to see, you know, a more skill-based fighter like that. Um, you know, returning. And um yeah, I Soul know...
1: Calibur is super technical, isn't it?
0: Yeah, super technical. I was never good at that game ever. But yeah. it's still fun. It's a fun game to play around with, but yeah, you do. Yeah, you do have to know what you're doing. Um, but
1: I remember um Soul Calibur 4 when it came out when I just got my 360. That was one of the first games I had got, and it was, like, my first real fighting game, and I was ass at it, of course, but I remember because their character creator is so ridiculous, I just made, like, a colored knight with, like, each fighting style, and I know that people do crazy things, like, they make Sonic and stuff in the character creator, which is really funny, Um Based on like other players' fighting styles, and they use like a giant ring as like the weapon. So it's really cool that Soul Calibur kind of does that kind of stuff because I'm pretty sure Soul Calibur 5, like I'm pretty sure that just came and went. Like, I didn't see a lot of talk about that. I'm not into the fighting game community, so maybe it was more popular than I thought it was, but it seemed to me like everything else has kind of taken over, like Mortal Kombat and Injustice and Tekken, like you said, and everything. So it's good to see Soul Calibur still alive and kicking because I know that this is like an OG franchise, Soul yeah. Calibur is.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, Soul Calibur Five definitely did um come and go, so um, hopefully this one sticks around a lot more, and people you know really uh, get invested into it. Um, Dana, do you like? Did do you have any thoughts on Soul Caliber and the trailer?
2: I just know that I uh, I suck at it, but I still get excited to see it. Um, I. I'm very excited that they announced it. I just wish that they gave a little bit more details, aside from you know what platform it'll be available on. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited.
0: Cool. Um, yeah. So there was a few other announcements as well, like um, Bayonetta Two. Um, did Did anyone play the uh, the last Bayonetta on?
1: I did not yet play Bayonetta 2 I've been meaning to very badly Because I love the first game And one of my friends has the second one And he's been trying to get me to play it And I've been meaning to But the fact that they're bringing out A Bayonetta 3 When Bayonetta 2 didn't even sell well Because it was only on the Wii U Is just the best thing in the world This is probably my favorite announcement At the entire game awards And the fact that they're also porting the first two To the Switch yeah, I love Bayonetta 1 That game is incredible And the fact that they're porting the first two to the Switch is awesome as well, because like I said, two didn't do very well because it was on the Wii U and Nintendo like had published it and it wouldn't have happened otherwise if Nintendo didn't publish it. So like, it's obviously it's awesome they did that. So the fact that this franchise is still alive and kicking is awesome to me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I think it's uh, the the progression of this series is definitely interesting because obviously, you know, the first one was like multi-platform and then. Uh, like you said, you know, Nintendo picked up the second one. And um, obviously not everybody had a Wii U. So that kind of alienated a lot of uh, potential players of Bayonetta 2. So I think it's real great that they're choosing to, um, you know, bring the first and the second game over to um, the Nintendo Switch as well as the third. Um, So that's super cool. Um, and
2: and yeah, all of- this is an exclusive. And they're taking, you know, that opportunity... To get more people to buy the Switch by making it exclusive.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's very smart of them, I think. Like you know, um, give people more choices and stuff like that. Um, the game looks great. The trailer looks great, and everything. I don't know too much about you know the Bayonetta series, but it is like one of those uh, games that I I would like to play. You know, given the chance. So um, if I ever get a Switch, it will be on my list.
1: It's a very uh, over the top kind of DMC style game, like action game.
0: Yeah, that's like that's exactly my style, I think. I like those yep. kind of games.
1: Oh yeah, you'd love it um, and it's so much more in depth than you think it is. Like it's it's crazy how much it throws at you and I can't even imagine what the second one does to change that and make it even better.
2: Yeah,
0: indeed. Um so I'm not sure you know, if either of you actually got the chance to play Breath of the Wilds, but they announced some DLC for the game. Um, cool. Either of you got any thoughts on that? Dana, did you play it?
2: Um, I did. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was very beautiful, and I thought it was well done. I'm extremely excited for the expansion pack, even though I think it's getting a little weird, and I'm wondering... Is this the right direction for the game? They're going to have a motorcycle in the next expansion, which is going to be the champions of, what are the champions' ballot? So uh, I think it's I'm excited, and I liked what they did with the game initially. It's very beautiful. I love the story. The gameplay is very simple. It's very easy to follow, nothing complicated. And I'm a fan of the Zelda series. It was one of the first... sorry, excuse me, one of the first games that I played when I got my Nintendo 64. And, you know, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Cool. How about you, Max? Do you have much experience with uh, Zelda or Breath of the Wilds?
1: I've played a couple of hours of it. I've seen uh, one of my old roommates play a bit of it. Um, I know it sounds weird, but the motorcycle actually does kind of fit with the way the world works and how it's laid out honestly um it's so big and you're spending so much time running like it's not necessarily a complaint um in my eyes at least i could see some people getting kind of sick of it especially now like that everyone who like has it is beaten it for the most part and they're just going around doing collectibles and like just kind of playing cleanup so it's nice for them to throw that in. And I know there's still like the extra DLC, like hard mode and like the extra dungeons. And I think there's more story content coming as well, unless that's this expansion. So it's cool of them to kind of throw that in. It's kind of like 15. Once you beat the game, you get the flying car. So like everything just goes quicker. Um, it's pretty much that, which is cool. Yeah. It's a bit ridiculous, but um, it's it's nice of them to add in. And so I'm having a little fun.
0: Yeah. It definitely sounds interesting. And I know there's a, a lot of uh, hardcore Zelda fans out there. Um, obviously, they were happy with uh, the choices made at the Game Awards, but we'll get to that in a sec. Um, so, yeah, uh, other announcements and trailers, there was um, obviously uh, something from Metro Exodus, which is looking great. Um, and we also got to see... The, the new game from the Firewatch team Which I know Dana is excited about That's called uh, Valley of the Gods um, I don't know too much About the premise of that game But I do know it, it looks fantastic Like the, the trailer so was happy. great
2: I was so happy
0: <laughs> Tell us about I it just, so.
2: I'm so happy Okay Basically it's it takes place in Europe Not in Europe, oh my gosh, I'm sorry In Egypt um, <clears throat> It's a first-person narrative that's basically all about adventure. And they said that you'll be able to explore ancient valleys in the Egyptian desert and a covered treasure and treachery, and you have to protect your fortune, and it also brings you a lot of fame. Um, But with that fame, there are also people who are going to be after you to also steal your gold, your valuables, or just basically to try to kill you. Um, Also, you have the environment, which is very unpredictable. So there's sand dunes and other things that you can get trapped in, and it can also kill you. Um, It's coming to Steam. There's no release date announced yet. And I just wanted to say how beautiful it looked. And to see games with, like, people of color, the characters in it, just brought me such joy. So I'm very happy for that.
0: Yeah, it definitely looks great. Um, did either review you um, play Firewatch? Because I heard like mixed reviews about that game. I have not. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I, I haven't either. You what? I heard it's better than Firewatch. Oh, so if anyone has played it and didn't like it, you might have a better chance with this game.
1: From what I know about Firewatch is that it's apparently a really awesome game. It's a walking sim for the most part, from what I know. But apparently, it turns into something really cool. Excuse me, in terms of story. But um, from what I know, the people's biggest problem with it was that you could beat it in like less than an hour. Like yeah. if you guys remember when it came out, like there was this whole controversy over people beating the game and then refunding it, and like <laughs> trying to argue that that was valid because it was under two hours and. Like that was a whole argument and everything. It's like, well, I, I, I that we don't need to get into that right now. But um from what I know, people who weren't mad about that and actually just like talked about the game, people loved it. Um and it's something I definitely want to try. I will say playing for only two hours or so. But if it's a game that I would get on sale. Or like, could just play through at a friend's. I would love to. It seems like the type of game I would absolutely love to play like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that seems cool. Um, I I realized I kind of brushed over uh, the the Metro Exodus thing. Uh, Max, did you are you excited for that game? Did you uh, have any thoughts on it?
1: Um. Yeah, I'm pumped as hell for Metro. Um, I still have yet to beat the second one. I'm like halfway through it now, but uh, this is a series I've picked up earlier this year. Same with Wolfenstein, actually, the new one. Uh, Just try out, and the first game absolutely hooked me. I don't know what it is. It's like I have this thing for like... Almost horror games, like thrill games, like how I was talking about *Prey* earlier. These are just the types of games that just hook me, and I don't know why that is. I think it's just because, like, I like psychological kind of thriller stuff. I like stuff that, like, basically seeing how creative the writers can get in terms of like fucking with you. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think that that's why these types of games hook me. And *Metro*, especially this new one, this is like the first time where it's going to be like semi-open world. This is the first time where you can or the open world, like, where it's not just death and snow, like, above ground, where, like, there's actual greenery and grass. Unless that changes in the latter half of the second game. But um, it's just, it's really cool. It looks like they're taking the series in kind of a new direction. Kind of like how The Witcher 2 to The Witcher 3 kind of jumped. This looks to be, like, that kind of jump. And I hope to God it's never undersold. But I hope that this kind of brings the Metro series more into, like, the limelight into like the holy shit everyone needs to play this game type of thing you know i will say i do get kind of annoyed with open world games nowadays because that's been like the trend and i don't want to spend 80 hours in every game i play nowadays just to get the content so i hope that this is kind of a blend between linear and open world where it's not just like math but just have bigger areas which i think they said it's going to be so that's like perfect for me whereas like that's like how Prey is too like each area is a decent size but it's not like open world per se um so that that really appeals to me and I can't wait for it and just seeing more seeing more metro and having it just be here in my life again is just exciting. I can't I absolutely can't wait. It's a very cool creative kind of niche series that I think needs to be played by more people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um and I definitely feel like, you know, adding uh another a new kind of palette to the game and adding more color and stuff is is definitely going to attract a lot more people cuz Although the first uh, two games, they looked fantastic. Um, and, you know, I, I actually own them. I just haven't, I just never got around to playing them. But um, I think, you know, the just the, the, real, the real grim and um, gritty kind of look probably turned some people off a little bit. But like the fact that they've kind of, you know, added a, a bit more vibrancy to it now and that it's actually taking place outside, I think that's going to attract a lot more people to the game as well.
1: Um, And it's cool because Exodus means, like, a mass departure of people. Like, it means, like, moving. So what I imagine the plot is, is, like, everyone's going to try and repopulate, like, above ground again. Now that, like, probably the radiation has gone after all this time or something like that. Or maybe they, like, found somewhere that's finally safe. So that's going to make for an interesting story, assuming that they play it off right. Which they probably will. Because these are based off of, like, books and stuff, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, the lore is there.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds a lot like Fallout kind of style, like in terms of like the premise and uh, yes. the world and stuff like that. So definitely, yeah, definitely sounds good. Uh, Dana, you got any thoughts on Metro?
2: No, just that it seems interesting, and I'm looking forward to what is going to happen.
0: Okay, so yeah, I, I definitely want to get to. Death Stranding, of course, you know, we, we, we got to talk about that. But I am going to, um, you know, just kind of mention a couple of other things that were announced and then, um, you know, you guys um, can chime in if you have anything specifically to say. So there was that game called uh, GTFO, um, you know, like Get the Fuck Out or whatever. Like, um, do you, did you guys see that and do you have any interest in that game?
1: I didn't see it, no. This is news to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting name. (laughs) It looked, I was really confused by it. And, um, yeah. It was just weird. But the trailer itself was really good. It's, it just just, was just really weird though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, It was like
2: like a type of scary game. It's like a horror thing and I know that you get to play as scavengers and you have to explore the world around you and the goal is to, you know, get as much valuable artifacts as you can and everything takes place underground. But, of course, since it's like a horror game, it's overran by monsters, which looked really terrifying. And, you know, you have to get, like, weapons and tools and resources. It's basically every other survival game out there. But it did look really good. Yeah. So that's where the name, GTFO, you know, comes into place. You have to survive these basically these tunnels while collecting artifacts and trying to stay alive.
0: Yeah, very interesting choice of name. Um, Definitely stands out, and that might help them, you know, in terms of uh, hooking – uh, potential customers and stuff, I guess. But yeah, um, it, it didn't really do much for me personally. But I just found the name interesting. Um, and uh, there was also an announcement for World War Z. Um, now I, I never saw the movie or anything, but um, what's the actual source material for this? Is it, was it a comic? Was it a movie? Or uh, like was was
2: originally based on a book? Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, yeah, it was based on a book like that came out around 2006, and the movie itself came around came out in 2013, which starred Brad Pitt, and it was just basically Brad Pitt trying to stop um what was a uh, zombie apocalypse from happening, and you had that big scene where all the zombies are crawling, trying to get over to the other side of a wall. Um, I saw the trailer. I was not impressed. I think that what are we like four years too late, probably five years now, way too late for there to be a game. I think that it's oversaturated with all these survival apocalypse zombie type video games. And I felt nothing for it.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm completely with you there. I'm um, like, I'm all the way over the um, zombie apocalypse craze. Um, you know, uh, the walking dead TV show just needs to end in my opinion. And yeah, like games of zombies just don't do anything for me unless it's um, the Telltale games because at least like the story is uh, really well developed in that case. Um, but yeah, like all these zombie games, like they're just kind of a turn off to me, and I just completely shut off whenever I see one. Um, but yeah, Max, do you do you have any thoughts?
1: Um, I'm more optimistic for it than you guys are. That's- <laughs> <for sure>. um, <laughs> uh, so it's interesting because like I love the book and the movie has absolutely nothing to do with the book. It's just based in name alone. Yeah, the movie was basically just like like you said, Dana. Just like kind of the war happening, whereas the book is actually it had already happened and it's a retelling of it. Like the book is like survivors like telling stories and talking about what happened during the war. And it looks like the game is going to follow up more uh, along of the movie yeah from what i can tell um more is because these these zombies aren't like the walking dead zombies or anything like that these are more honestly days gone um that took a lot more inspiration from world war z that i can tell like those types of zombies those are the zombies that are like in world war z like just forms like these are not zombies you escape from or can just gun down and run away like these are zombies that if you if these zombies like Start chasing you, you're dead. Like, this is scary zombies. Um, so that kind of intrigues me. I don't really know how that would translate into gameplay, though. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this. And I think the reason it's coming out is because there's still supposed to be a second movie coming out like soon, year. so they're probably trying to capitalize on that. So, I wouldn't get my hopes up too high for this game because of that as well. Because it might just try and be a movie tie in or some shit. But if it tries to, if they actually put effort into this and make it kind of stand on its own then i have hopes for it i'm excited for it because i do still like zombies because i kind of to be honest i kind of jumped off the zombie train i think before it got too oversaturated like i think the last zombie game i really played was like the first dead island and then i was done um or maybe that was the peak of the zombie craze to be honest with you i don't remember but i am ready for zombies again i do kind of miss them i always loved loved them so if this is i wouldn't mind jumping into this type of game i know days gone also looked really interesting to me so i don't know we'll have to see but well i mm, there's also of decay coming so <laughs> there are multiple zombie yep. games coming again <laughs> what data
2: you went from being really excited to like meh
1: i know now i'm thinking about now i'm putting more thought into like everything else that's coming out and i'm just kind of like uh I, I'm optimistic for it still, though, because it it's is the—it's my favorite type of zombie, the ones that are actually hard and scary, kind of like how Left 4 Dead was. Um, I Honestly, now that I think about it, this could work as a Left 4 Dead-style game. Um, it could totally work as that, because it's like Left 4 Dead-type zombies, but way more hordes, so it, it could work. I don't know. We'll see. We have to see the gameplay first. But I'm optimistic.
0: Yeah, I, like, the way you just dis- described it, does make it seem you know a bit more intriguing but like i think with me the main thing is like with zombie games is i don't like it when like the zombie like killing the zombies is like the the main entire focus kind of thing like i kind of like with uh like with the early seasons of walking dead and the telltale versions and stuff like i like when um it kind of shows you uh like the problems with humanity like they they use the zombies as a way to show like you know how um you know the the problems with humans and you know um just tell like a very human kind of story um set within this zombie apocalypse and stuff so you know i like the focus to be about how people come together to overcome you know problems instead of just like being entirely focused on killing zombies, like and waves of zombies back to back kind of thing, so if it is a yeah. bit more, you know, introspective like that. Then um, that's, you know, it's definitely more appealing. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm probably still not going to rush out to buy it unless you know I see something specifically that intrigues me about it. So
1: definitely, yeah. See, that's the thing. You're totally right because like the Walking Dead TV show has kind of lost that. I feel like whereas the first few seasons were like that, where, like, the point is it's not about the zombies, it's about the humans. Yeah. Um, And I will say the book does that well. The movie does not. <laughs> World War Z movie is just really all about fucking killing zombies. So that's also why it's interesting, because we still don't know which source material it's pulling from, or maybe it's not pulling from either, and just sharing the name. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Yeah, Dana, you sounded like you had something to say.
2: Right. No, it's just I have no I have no feeling towards this. Okay. I'm just so
0: angry by it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um moving on, there was also um some Warframe news as well. Um I'm not sure if you guys have played that, uh, but it definitely made me want to get into it because I actually like mm-hmm. downloaded Warframe when it first came out like years ago. I think it was around like 2012, 13 or something like that. Um, but I just never played it and never got into it for some reason. But I've always been intrigued by it. And um, shout outs to Brian from the Throwdown. Like, he's putting mad hours in that game. Like, um, he, he plays it like I play Overwatch kind of thing. Like, it's just he's he plays that a lot. And um, I've always kind of been intrigued by it. And it looks pretty fun if you get into it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be too intimidating for me if I get into it now um that seems cool uh have you guys played warframe at all
1: i have like 20 hours in it uh from oh, like okay. earlier this year which is nothing that's absolutely nothing um <laughs> i've learned but i know a few people that love the franchise or the series the game the game it's one game um hmm. but i 100 admire their business model uh they've They're the type of game that when it first came out, it was just like your average free-to-play MMO and no one really cared for it. But they just kind of kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And what they did was they listened to their community and like every few months, they apparently like revamped the game. So they've built up this massive following of just like dedicated, loyal players. And it's turned into this phenomenon where it's like, it's probably one of the healthiest communities out there. It's filled with people. People just keep jumping on. Their numbers are only rising uh, it's entirely fair, free-to-play. Like, you never have to spend a dime or you never, like, you never feel like you need to because there's just absolutely so much to do. And, like, there's all these, like, cool theories around it. Like, apparently, like, 120 hours in, the game completely changes and becomes this whole new thing. Like, you do the story quest and, like this unspoken rule where absolutely no one will spoil it for you like they're all like no you need to play that if you haven't yet like everyone loves it and it's just this really cool feeling and it's something i want to get into and from what i know this new stuff that they're showing is like some sort of new open world area that they're introducing to the game because most of it's kind of linear randomly generated missions and levels but um it's the type of game where if you want to play it you need to play it like gary plays overwatch like you need to invest in it if you want anything out of it and that's it hooks you apparently like i didn't want to stop at those 20 hours i just those other things to do but um it's the type of game that out of time with and like it, it just changes even 110 hours in it becomes a new game like that's the type of game this is a couple of years ago did an amazing article on like the development of warframe and everything it's really cool they're like wanna they're like CD project red in terms of developers and like how people how people respect them and see them
0: cool like you you just really sold the game like now I actually want to play it but um, yeah like it, at some point in time I really want to do like a a discussion or show or something about uh, like online game communities and how they really can affect the experience of a game. Because I feel like with these, um, you know, continuing online games, the community is a, a major part in, you know, your level of enjoyment uh, and your experience with the game. Because with Overwatch, like, I love it, and I'm probably not going to stop playing it anytime soon. But the the community has gotten so toxic that it can discourage a lot of people from, um you know... From playing it, and there has been a lot of people who have turned away from it because of the toxic, you know, the level of toxicity that um, goes on in the game. Um, But the way you described Warframe, it sounds like great. And I I like to hear about positive communities that encourage new players and, you know, are helpful to the new players. So that sounds yeah Yeah. so yeah, uh, moving on. I want. I definitely want to highlight. Like, this is probably the best moment of the game awards for me personally. Um, so before they showed a way out, you know, obviously uh, the the director of the game, he was invited to you know have a discussion with Jeff Keeley, and he did not talk about the game at all. He instead took time to curse out the the Oscars. You know, he said "f the Oscars," and um, he was like, he seemed like he was drunk or something, or he was high on xanax or molly pills or something like that like he was just going crazy oh. <laughs> like dissing the oscars for no reason at all and jeff Keighley's face was like priceless um and yeah that was uh, that, that, it was just yeah it was hilarious what did you guys think of um that incident and you know a way out as well the game itself um go ahead max
1: Um, I thought the incident was hilarious. I'm surprised there isn't more backlash towards it, to be completely honest with you. Um, (laughs) I thought it was funny as hell, just completely out of nowhere. Um, In terms of the game, I think it looks fine. Um, It's just, it's an EA game, so I just don't expect it to be good. I'm not going to lie. That just tarnishes everything, even though I like the idea of it. And if it ends up being good, I'd love to play it. But like, I just, I just no, after Battlefront Two and everything in a drama, I just don't care about EA.
2: Yeah,
0: no desire. I feel that like I'm not interested in the game at all. I'm more interested in the director because he was hilarious. Um, I would like to see him like work on a day-to-day basis. Like, how how does he? What's his like interaction with the game? Like, how does how does he lead a team? Like that that would be hilarious to see. But um, yeah, Dana, any thoughts on? a way out for the director.
2: I, guys, think it's wonderful and I'm looking forward to it. And of course I love the director and that whole monologue that he gave was just hilarious. He also cursed out EA as well. So, um, to me I think it's it's an interesting concept where you know you have to work together and it's not online, it's you have to do you know regular old-fashioned with your friends on a couch and you play and you have to work together in order to not get captured by the police again. And you break out of this prison. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, I I actually like it and I like the concept.
0: So it's, it's not online at all. It's like strictly co-op with the controllers.
2: Not online at all.
0: Okay. That, well, I guess that could be good
2: need to be played with another person and that there is there is a new free trail option and that if you buy the game you will get another copy to share with a friend so you can play together
1: see the idea is cool there and like their first game Brothers uh, I think it's the Tale of Two Sons is the subtitle yep. uh, it's cool it's, it's like a neutered take on this. It's where you control each character with one stick. Like the left stick is one brother, the right stick is the other. So this is kind of like an evolution on that. But again, the idea is cool, but I just don't see it doing well, especially because you can't play online. I get that you need, you should be in the same room, but that's just not much of a thing anymore. Like, people don't do that much anymore, which I worry will ruin the game for a lot of people. Or not necessarily ruin the game, but ruin like the sales and that people will not buy it and stuff and it won't do as well as it should. Because the idea is cool. Like you guys said, like it's definitely an interesting take. But it's one of those ideas that like it's cool in practice, but like I feel like people won't really jump on to.
0: Yeah, so see th- the reason I was gonna say that sounds good is because um, you know, the fact that it's not online means that EA can't add loot boxes and all types of stuff to try and get people to, you know, spend extra money. But what you said does make sense. um I will say there are you know rare occasions and extra emphasis on the word rare, but there are rare occasions where you know sometimes like um you know I'll, I'll be with my brother or I'll be with a friend, and it would be cool to just have a game that we can kind of like co-op or something, and that that's not really a thing these days because obviously everything is so online focused, so it would be nice to have the option but like i said it's a rare thing so it's not all the time nowadays where you know you actually do want to co-op um it's more you know you're more likely to go online anyway but just to have an option like that is cool but like you said the game probably won't do well probably won't do you know um, mass sales or anything like that but the concept is cool what was you going to say daniel
2: they just now added an option for you to play online as well. Oh, they did. Oh, they did. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. So, cool.
0: So, when was that announced?
2: Um, today.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I kind of figured like, no, it it was weird that a game was just not online at all. But okay. yeah, um. Yeah, a way out seems cool, so I'll keep an eye on it. Um, there was a tease from from software, and uh, you know everybody was speculating whether it's Bloodborne or whether it's uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls or something completely new. Um, it definitely seems very oriental and kind of like you know ninja kind of focus. Or uh, yeah, uh, you guys got any thoughts or pre- predictions on what you think that game is?
1: I bet it's Bloodborne, because they said they're done with Souls for now. Um, And Bloodborne 2 has been kind of, like, rumored for a while, but also that short trailer that looked straight out of Bloodborne. (laughs) 100%.
0: Yeah, see, I think it's interesting, because if it was Bloodborne, like, my question is, why didn't... Why wasn't it kind of shown at PSX? Like, because... It's, you know, it's, it's a PlayStation game, essentially um, But Yeah, I'm, like, I'm kind of hoping It's something else, to be honest Like, Bloodborne 2 it w- will be great When it comes, I'm sure it is coming But I want to see From Software Do a lot more things um, So I think it would be cool If it's a new IP, even um, But Yeah, they you know,
2: said it with you
0: it, was it's, it's a new IP? Yes Okay
1: Oh, they did. I didn't know they said it was new.
2: They said it was something new. And that's literally all they said.
0: But he could have meant oh. something new, as in, like, you know, new game from them. Like,
1: oh, I
2: this. thought it was, I was like new. It's a brand new game.
1: I would really like something new from From Software. Don't get me wrong. But, like, that looked straight out of Bloodborne to me. <laughs> and a lot of people I know. Um, to be fair, like, um, souls and bloodborne do have similar looks so it's possible that this is just another game with just a similar look too like that's just kind of like the from style yeah um but i really i would bet money that this is bloodborne too. honestly because that is weird that it wouldn't be shown at psx i don't know maybe jeff keely convinced them (laughs) he's like no you guys gotta present it here
0: yeah well i mean they 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 did seem to steal the good announcements. Um, you know, there, there wasn't... Uh, we'll get to that. Anyway, um, yeah, so Bloodborne. I mean, not Bloodborne, sorry. Death Stranding. Um, obviously, you know, this has been a hot topic of discussion. You know, the trailer they showed, um, nobody could really make sense of it, but it 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 definitely seems intriguing. Um, me, personally, I'm a big fan of Kojima, and I'm confident, you know, that he, he's going to put something incredible out. But um, you know, I'm, I'm not the type of person to really like pay attention to or overanalyze trailers until I at least see some gameplay, some actual gameplay, um, and until you know I can get a better, clearer understanding of what's being offered. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people who are just excited just because they are Kojima fans. But you know, I I am able to separate you know being a fan of someone and actually analyzing the work that's been presented um so far and so far you know i'm not hugely impressed but that um the trailer was definitely something you know something interesting you know um so i want to get your thoughts on the death stranding trailer that was shown at uh, the game awards so do you want to go first dana
2: um i was confused with everybody else but i was so fascinated by it um It was basically similar to the other trailer that we got before, but the addition was they did have the baby in the tube, which beforehand we just saw like a weird fetus baby that um, Norman Reedus was carrying around from the previous trailer. So now we got to, I guess, know where the baby's origin. I don't really know if that's proper to say. And he somehow seemed to be in his mouth. So I'm not sure if he's, like, pregnant with a baby or he's trying to swallow the baby for protection. But <clears throat> we got the baby, more information about the baby. And we also got, it seems to be, like, a huge man monster that was in the back um, that we seem to be. I have no idea where he came from or even what, like, he's made out of, but we got that. And the opening, I thought, was really interesting that it was something so horrible that there was this guy who got captured by, I guess, like one of the tentacles of this big statue of a monster or man that he stabbed himself to death. And if anybody knows anything about stabbing, it's not exactly that easy to go around stabbing people. So to stab yourself to death repeatedly, that. You know, he, he was definitely, you know, death was more of a better choice than being alive by whatever it was that was coming after these guys. So I thought it was just really weird. But it just seems so intriguing at the same time. I just wish we had gameplay. And this is like, I don't know, Gamera was good for teasing us with random things. But yeah. it still looked interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I actually did... Uh, read somewhere that there was A part in that trailer that's actually That was like actually a playable part But it was like a very small Snippet of what we saw kind of thing um, But yeah I'm, I'm not You know I'm not going for that I I want to See like a full gameplay Reveal kind of thing um,
2: Before I you get know I, well, I think that it will be genius of Them of not to release any type of gameplay But the next time that they make an Announcement it's just to say hey The game is available now didn't they do that before with like um that PT game?
0: Uh yeah, yeah. Kind of so yeah. just
2: like just only really surprise us.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Um I um I did also like hear one theory that where they were saying like um the like one of the, the concepts of the game is like if you die in the game, like you're not just presented with like a game over screen or anything like that. You're actually like a sequence of events happens that you kind of have to like play through. And um that might have kind of be been what we saw a little bit. Um but yeah, Max, what's your thoughts on Death Stranding after seeing that?
1: Uh I thought the trailer was dope. Um it was obviously confusing as hell. Uh one thing that is nice though is that Mark Cerny Who's like, as we know, like one of the Sony execs. He did come out and say that the trailer makes sense after playing the game for like four to five hours. Like the trailer and everything makes sense, so at least we have that going for us. Uh, but I thought that the trailer definitely introduced a few things that could make for interesting gameplay. Like obviously the those things on the suits that like popped up and like a like tended or uh, pointed towards like those goopy things the goo that like kind of takes people and eats them um so that's cool and like Dana you were saying earlier about the guy stabbing himself to death that's definitely a valid point because remember there's that guy getting dragged away by the goo and like he ends up shooting his teammate and then they just like drop it so they do want these people alive obviously like it makes sense that they want these people alive so that would also play into the theory that you just brought up Gary where um you definitely have to like play through something because I'm guessing you don't die because if you die, like those things don't want you, maybe it's over now. Um, so that's definitely going to be interesting, though. I could see that getting a bit annoying <laughs> if you always have to go through something when you die, so it'll be interesting to see how they balance that out. Uh, I also really liked how at the end, um, Norman Reedus brought up the fact that like there's about to be a second big bang because I don't think that we thought that there would be like a big bang or like anything natural disasters that would have to do with anything (laughs) uh, to do with the story of this game. So that's cool. Um, The baby makes no sense to me at all. I'm sure that's going to be some sort of gameplay element that seems to be central to the entire story. Um, But I don't know That's not much we can draw from it. I think the trailer definitely brought up a lot more questions than it did give us answers, but that's probably Kojima's, point i'm sure he's doing that on purpose and i feel like we won't really know anything until we beat the game to be completely honest with you (laughs) i don't think we're gonna get much out of this early stuff no matter even like before launch i still don't think we're gonna get much of a sense of what this game is until we get to play it ourselves yeah which i think is cool i think that's how it should be but
0: yeah i think the reason i'm not really excited much is because obviously I don't know anything about it and I don't understand anything about it yet like everyone else but um like this is gen- definitely like Kojima's general style and like he he did things like this a lot with the Metal Gear you know the Metal Gear Solid series um but it's just the fact that obviously I knew those characters and I knew that world already so I was more excited every time I saw a trailer for those because I could speculate on things but with this you know I can't really speculate as deeply because I don't know what's going on and stuff. So I'm sure once I, you know, learn more about it and what it's actually about and what the babies are, I might get a bit more excited for it. Um, well,
2: don't forget they also announced that um, w- the game, I guess, though the, the monster thing, he's there to extract life out of other people. So him, Norman Reedus, being with the baby and him being so protective of the baby. You know, may mean that there is life for next generation, and he has to be there to protect that child. Yeah,
1: yeah, that that's a great point. Sense. even though it does not explain how the hell it's in Norman Regis's chest, but
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> what well, new technology, man, having babies? I don't yeah. know.
1: <laughs> that's what, and that baby is like weirdly like aware of things. Like, doesn't it do like a shh or something when it's in his chest? Or like it makes some sort of like motion towards us, which is creepy as hell.
2: <laughs> or maybe they're saying that you can transplant life into, I guess, random fetuses and then have that same conscience, but you're a baby.
0: Yeah. I got, I had no clue. <laughs> maybe, maybe the baby is Norman Reedus. Like, maybe it's. Like maybe he's just a shell, and the baby is like the actual person, kind of. True, and also, um, know, man.
2: it was pointed out by like some people online that they're one of the there was like if you look at the trailer, there's this insect that was crawling over Norman Reedus, his like his suit, and basically it was a bear bug, and those are like the, the tardigens or tardigrades, like they're actual bugs that can survive any condition at all you can't burn it it can't freeze to death it lives out in Alaska like in the coldest parts of Alaska and it just comes out whenever it wants to you cannot kill it so that bug may also come into play and probably explain why it's crawling all over Norman Reedus's suit so even though the it may be like the apocalypse that's going on because remember, as you said previously, there was a second Big Bang and that was the end of everything. Those creatures are still alive.
1: Yeah, Kojima does do that too. Like he integrates like stuff into his ridiculous shit. So that actually makes a lot of sense. That could totally be it.
0: Um. Yeah. Uh, remind me to never go to Alaska, please. Um, I don't, I don't...
1: <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah, it's
0: <laughs> yeah um so yeah death stranding definitely interesting trailer um so yeah to just to close off our um game awards recap um i'm going to touch on some of the awards quickly um obviously you know the, these awards they're all subjective you know um i mean these i don't consider these to be set in stone because everybody is capable of you know determining what their own um, you know game of the year is, and stuff like that, but um obviously it's nice to see developers and um studios get rewarded for their efforts so uh just quick thoughts on that from me um i I didn't expect Persona five to win game of the year at all, um you know, especially with Mario and Zelda in the category. I knew that probably one of those games was gonna win, and of course it was Zelda, but you know I am glad that. Persona five was at least nominated. Um and I think near Automata should have been nominated too, but hey, I can't complain with the winner at all. Like obviously they did deserve it. Um what I am mad at is that Persona Five won best RPG, but that didn't even happen on air. I think it happened like during a commercial or, you know, just off screen or something like that. I'm wondering if maybe that's because Atlas wasn't there, but um yeah I, I i would have loved to have seen seen that on screen cuz i feel that game deserves to be honored you know um i'm okay with neo Automata winning best soundtrack cuz that did have a great soundtrack but i still would have went persona 5 just cuz i love that soundtrack more um it's cool to see overwatch win you know best ongoing game um and Um, I like, it was sad that horizon didn't win anything. I think I would have gave horizon, uh, one of those other awards that Zelda won. um, I think best action game or something like that. I think, uh, they should have gave horizon that just, uh, just so they get something because that was a, a great game this year. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my thoughts on the awards. Um, Max, I know you have to go soon. Uh, yeah, I know you have to go soon, so I'm going to go to you. Um, what's your thoughts on the actual awards?
1: Um, Honestly, pretty similar to yours. I don't... Uh, I mean, Zelda winning Game of the Year, I actually expected Mario to win over Zelda, but um, I think Zelda also deserves it from what I've seen, played, and heard about it. So I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. I will say from what I've heard about Persona, though, it is a bit surprising. It didn't win in more of the categories it's nominated in. Same with Horizon. Wasn't Horizon nominated for, like, six categories, but it didn't win? Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if that's just partly because, like, it's at the beginning of the year and it was just in the back of everyone's heads, even though everyone loved it or something. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Um I think it's interesting that Mario only won Best Family Game. Nintendo kind of outdid themselves with Zelda, <laughs> kind of shunning out Mario, which is funny. Um, other than that, I I don't really have any like hell yeahs or hell knows about uh, any of the awards. To me, they don't really matter too much. They're interesting. I'm more interested in like the kind of stuff we get afterwards, like the trailers and stuff. But um, I do have to hear the near soundtrack really want to play that game. Um, yeah, I don't have too much to say on the nominations and everything. It was just, it was a good show, which is surprising. I will say that. A lot of cool stuff was revealed. I don't think the awards were anything super surprising to anyone. Um, aside from a few things like we just mentioned, but yeah. It was a good show overall.
0: Yeah. Um, I do want to also mention that, like, I find it funny that the, the trending game or whatever was someone that nobody knew, like, nobody knew who he was at all like that was funny Um, (laughs) but yeah um Dana any thoughts on the winners of the actual awards and stuff
2: I thought Mario Odyssey should have won a game of the year I am happy that it did win you know some of its categories like best family game and um The, um, sorry, technically it won also Best Strategy Game with Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. So I'm very happy for Nintendo overall. They was able to pull themselves basically out of the gutter and come out on top. And no one really saw that coming. Everyone just kind of made fun of them and was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And they proved themselves to be very powerful and have really great games. So I'm happy overall for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Max said, you know, I don't, I don't consider these all these awards to be like you know the actual yeah. set in stone thing, and a lot of it is politics as well. But um, it's still good to see you know these studios get honored and stuff for that work. Uh, what was you gonna say, Dana?
2: No, that was that was it. And your game won, so I was like, I was happy for you. Your game won something.
0: Oh yeah, Overwatch. Yeah, like to be honest, I, I feel like that whole category was set up for overwatch to win anyway like because what what other game would win that i mean maybe PUBG, like it would be close because because the player base but yeah like i feel like it was a setup for overwatch to win that and uh i'm glad they did to be honest because they are doing a great job
2: and i'm also very happy for cuphead you know that was a very hard game to play and very hard for them to make and to get that recognition was very well earned
0: yeah, definitely. True, I
1: forgot about that. That's true. Cuphead deserved what it won. It won what best indie game and then something else too, right? Uh, best, it won... Uh, art direction.
0: direction. Right.
1: And yeah. a couple other games. That's awesome. That deserved it
0: 100%. For sure. But yeah, um, definitely a better show than last year, I think. But um, yeah, the Game Awards is what it is. Um, uh, so moving on to another event that happened this week and surprisingly um you know well in my personal opinion i don't think it was as good as the game awards and you know that's very surprising because of what we've come to expect of playstation experience Um, obviously the last few years have been you know a big deal for sony um and people had their expectations but I do want to highlight the fact that, you know, Sony did say ahead of time that, you know, this was going to be a a bit more scaled back than, you know, what we, we were used to in previous shows. Um, and yeah, it definitely was. Uh, definitely was that. Um it, it wasn't like looking back, it wasn't worth me uh, you know, kind of struggling to stay up for because, you know, it happened at four AM here. Um and yeah, it was just to me it was like a cringy kind of show and there wasn't really many major announcements from it. Um, the final announcement was just like meh. I like I never played Medieval at all, so um I'm sure some people did and some people are excited, but I was a little like, wow, that's that's the final announcement. Okay. And um I was also confused that they played the whole Death Stranding trailer again um and that's quite a lengthy trailer um so that was confusing but um yeah um psx was psx um i'm sure it's it's more it's more you know shouts to richard and jj i'm sure it's more interesting to actually be there than to watch it um i would even go as far as to say they probably shouldn't have even streamed it to be honest they should have just had it for the people that were there and um, obviously they had paris games week recently and that seemed to be more like PSX to me than actual PSX. So, um, they, they definitely didn't need to have this. They didn't need to, you know, do it because they already had a great year. But, um, yeah, I think they should have, uh, I don't know. Um, they, they probably shouldn't have made as big a deal about it, I guess. Um, cause this just, this is just something I think that was probably, like It was probably great for the people who were actually there, but for us watching it, it was just a little like meh. But um, Dana, what's your thoughts on PSX?
2: I was dying. I was legit dying. And what really sucked was the fact that they did have announcements, but because the, the show was so long and boring that you missed a lot of things. So that was really unfortunate, but I was dying. I... And I can't even say, oh, it's a scaled back thing. You can put on a really great show with a projector and a couch and a microphone. But this was just horrible. And even the audience was like dead inside. They kept glancing over and you could see like there was like sparse clapping and people's eyes were beginning to fade and the souls was just draining out of them. It was terrible.
0: Yeah, um, so was there nothing you enjoyed at all? Uh, well, I'm I'm sure there was cuz Detroit seemed to be the the thing that everybody loved about the show.
2: I think we um, love Detroit become human, they also announced that they was going to be um you get to ask about emotional shocks, which makes the game, you know, more human and realistic. You get to learn more about the consequences of your actions that way. They did have some interesting, you know, Show the trailers. The Donut County was weird as all can be. So was accounting. That was weird. Um, I did like the fact that they did announce that God of War will be 35 to 40 hours long. So more to look forward to when that game releases.
0: Yeah, um, one thing I definitely want to point out is the lack of release dates. I feel like we should have been getting some solid release dates by now and um you know yeah, yeah
2: part about it that was unfortunate but i honestly i'm for that because as i said previously you announce a certain date and then your game's not ready and you have to keep pushing back that date and then you can also lose sales by people who go out and pre-order so i'm appreciative of them not opening their mouths and saying something that they can't back up
0: so basically, we're in for a lot of, uh, you know, pushback. Like,
2: yeah, we have to be. In
0: yeah. See, it seems like a lot of these games are going to get delayed because, um, it like they were cut. Cu- they currently they're scheduled for like early 2018. Um, but if we haven't got a solid release date by now, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, some of these games are getting pushed back. But um. Yeah, Detroit was a great demo. Um, my thing is, like, if I'm already sold on a game or if I already know that I'm probably going to play it, you know, in some capacity or whatever, I, I don't like seeing too much of it, and I feel like um, they've shown too much of Detroit already.
2: Really? We've,
0: we've seen it at E3, at, um, you know, Paris Games. We've, we've seen it at multiple events over the past couple of years. So I feel like I've seen too much of the game now, um, and I already know that I want the game. So I don't want them to show me like entire missions. Uh, I get that it's gonna be different when you play it because it changes, you know, for everyone. But still, oh. like I don't want to be overexposed to a game if I already know that I'm gonna get it. You know, it's it's just like movies. I don't want to see too much of the movie in the trailer, kind of thing. Um.
1: Uh. Do you think that they need to play, um, sort of, for, not catch up, but, well, do you think they need to, like, establish themselves better in the public eye after the whole, I will say, annoying controversy that happened with, like, their last reveal? Do you think they kind of feel like they need to, like, try and sell people again on it?
0: Uh, yeah, possibly, um, and I hate that, you know, things like that occur, because, like ah, I don't want to get into that but yeah I hate that um I hate that companies feel like they have to kind of dance on eggshells because you know people are, are over sensitive or don't understand art and video games you know and what really annoys me is like movies and um books and other mediums are free to explore whatever whatever kind of content they want but you know video games are you know they get complained about if they try and you know do something a bit realistic and show what really happens in society and stuff like it's it's art and art often imitates life so like i don't see the problem it's not like the game was designed to make you abuse children or anything like that it's just you know a part of the story and it's it's something that you know happens in reality so um i hate that you know developers and publishers feel like they have to kind of restrict certain things um, because of, you know, PR and press and media and all that stuff. Um, so I yeah. like, yeah, if, if that's the case and they felt like they had to be a bit more restricted, uh, that's kind of sad. And, you know, I feel bad for them in that case.
1: And it uh, sucks too, because it's like if people want video games to like be realized as more of like a quote unquote art form, and, like, be respected more, like, they need to tackle subjects like this, you know? Yeah. And it's like, if you're going to shun them for doing it, then it's like, well, no one can win here.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, because it's like um, there's people people out there in society who believe that video games are something that's still only for kids. Uh, So then, you know, when they see more mature games like this, Um, they complain about it. And then, you know, that then kind of stunts the growth of video games. And then um, developers are going to feel like they have to kind of cater or towards kids and things have to be more family-friendly again. And then, you know, it goes back to being, you know, something that's primarily for kids or families. And, you know, it's just we want to see video games grow. I'm not saying, like, every game has to be mature, or violent or anything but there should be a variety for everyone and there should be no complaints with that you know because there's something for everyone at that point just like with every other you know medium um but yeah uh it's Max, just
1: frustrating and it's tough you know what were we gonna say oh no carry on I, I was just gonna say it's like frustrating it's A tough line to cross especially with like the political state we're in right now and it's just like i don't know man it's like entertainment has always gone in this kind of route it portrays life realistically and sometimes people just don't want to see that out of their entertainment i guess
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but i don't know it entirely depends on the person you are and the intentions of the developers and everything and i really don't think the intentions of excuse me the people developing detroit uh really want to portray child abuse or anything like that in like just to do it i really don't think that's their intention at all
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah but um yeah max for you specifically like you know being someone who doesn't have a ps4 at the moment um, was there anything that kind of intrigues you from this um i know you you probably didn't watch it live or anything but like based on what you've read and What you've heard, was there anything that kind of piqued your interest?
1: I mean, Detroit definitely piques my interest. That game always has. A lot of the games that are coming out have, like, God of War looks really cool. Obviously, the Insomniac Spider-Man game. Like, can't wait for that stuff. Um, But in terms of, like, the actual show and everything I've been reading, um, things are pretty similar to everyone else's. Like, Medieval, I know there was, like, a Twitter campaign, like, a couple weeks ago now to kind of get that brought back. So I wonder if that started from, like, a rumor or something. There's also one for Spyro, the dragon going on right now, which I would love. But, um, so that's cool. Medieval always looked interesting. I'm like you where I've never played it. But, like, it's something I would definitely try out. Um, like, Beyond Good and Evil. Like, I had just played that game for the first time, um, late last year. Love it, and I'm hyped as hell for the sequels. So, like, this could happen the same time. Or the same thing could happen with, like, Medieval if I got around to trying, like, the old ones. Or old one. Um... Oh yeah, Last of Us 2. I meant to bring this up during the Game Awards actually. I thought it was interesting that that won most anticipated game over Death Stranding. But I think that's also because we know Death Stranding will also be, we'll be waiting for that next year as well. So it'll probably win next year. but Last of Us Two definitely looks interesting. I played the first one, so I can I can comment on that. Last of Us Two looks awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was nothing like super unexpected. You know, release dates weren't there, which is kind of annoying. I understand why people can be annoyed with that. A bunch of shit's probably going to get delayed, but it was a it was all right. Show. I I was okay missing it and reading it because I had to work and everything. But like, I was fine playing catch up, and I felt like I feel like my opinions wouldn't have changed much than changed from what they are now, even if I had a PS4 and was all caught up and everything. So
0: Mm yeah yeah um i do want to say one thing like i respect media molecule and what they've done you know um, i was a big fan of the the little big planet series but um as far as dreams goes um like i'm good on that you know i'm I'm all the way good i don't need to see any more of that um Mm -hmm. and i know dana's excited for it but
2: Um, I watched, and then, like, more I kept watching, I just became bored. Mm -hmm. So, it's like glorified Minecraft where you just create your own environment, and it really isn't much gameplay. Everything is just, you know, different activities that you can do. So, I just really wasn't feeling it. I'm sorry. I was at first, but now it's just meh. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, besides, um, the actual like you know games that were showing and stuff there wasn't there wasn't that much but the psx keynote definitely felt and and dana actually said this on discord while we were watching but it felt more so like a playstation talk show kind of thing um and you know obviously we had um sean laden talking at one point and um one thing i want to highlight is that sony has come out and said that they're fully dedicated to you know creating single player experiences despite what's been going on, you know, um, with people saying that single player games are being phased out and online games are kind of taking over. Um, Sony has taken a stance and, you know, they're saying that they're committed to creating single player experiences still um, and they feel that it's necessary. So did you guys have, like, any thoughts on that specifically? Um, and, you know, just Sony coming out and taking a stance like that. They threw a so, lot of shots at EA as well. My AI, yeah. But, but yeah, go ahead. So,
1: my idea or my stance on that whole just argument in general is like single player games are not dying. The only the only thing that's happening is EA is shoving them away so that they can make more money off of online games. Like single player games are still very much a thing. It's it's just EA being EA and just wanting to maximize profits out of every game. That's really all it is. Last year, well, this year, but this past year has been this ridiculous amount of single-player games. Like, every single Game of the Year category except for PUBG, or that, every single Game of the Year nomination except for PUBG was a freaking single-player game. Like, are you kidding me? All of the, or even local co-op was, like, another one. Like, Cuphead has been, Cuphead came out, we had Persona 5, we had Horizon, we had Resident Evil 7, we had Prey, we had seven more that I can't think of just because I've been kind of out of the scene for a little bit, but like the, we had Zelda, we had, like single player games are not dead at all. In my opinion. Like, I think that that argument is just like buzzwordy. I think that people are said it just to like, kind of, I don't know, kind of rile, rile up feathers a little bit and just to try and like put, plant themselves as the good guys, you know? We have Detroit coming. We have Spider-Man coming. Like, there's, there's been single-player games on the horizon, and there's been single-player games coming out. Like, Assassin's Creed even. Like, didn't Origins shun multiplayer? Isn't there no multiplayer in Origins? Yep. There you go. Like, we've had Wolfenstein 2 came out. We had Evil Within 2. We had... it's, it's There's so many that came out this year. I don't get this argument at all. I really don't. I just... Mm. It sucks that e a did what they did don't get me wrong like visceral spider or visceral star wars game looked awesome, but like it's just them doing this, and yeah. there are some companies that are doing both like but it's it's really just e a doing this single player games are fine
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, like you said, like the single player thing has never gone away, and it probably never will um and people have always responded well to single player experiences. It's just the fact that you know i guess uh recently someone publicized the fact that you know online games are taking over and everybody everybody kind of um goes with that thinking even though it's you know not actually the case um and you know I kinda like the the analogy I come up with for this is like um Jay-Z is a very influential you know rapper and hip hop and everything and he came out with an album and on the album he said you know all you rappers out there that are, um, you, you know, putting money to your ear, you know, doing the money phone thing. Like that's kind of corny. And this is kind of like what Sony did. Like it's, it's kind of the same tactic. It's like, you know, they're, they want to be that authority on it. You know, they want to, um, at like, they're the ones that are kind of, um, you know, creating the trends, I guess. And saying, yeah, well, like, this is, this is our focus. Um, and I just find, I found it like really interesting that w- they were throwing shade at EA like that. Um, like that was kind of funny to see. But Dana, you got any thoughts on that?
2: Um, No, as someone who plays mainly single player games, I never really saw it going away. I just think that it was an article that just got really too sensationalized and it was for basically for clickbaits. And it just, somebody up high just ran with it. But even though making that announcement, just putting everybody at ease, even if you think either way, I thought it was a good thing for them to do. And, you know, I am for single player. And I think that it's a good thing just to calm everybody's nerves down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, One, go ahead.
1: One quick thing I want to add on. Um, Victor brought up the good point that they're definitely not as profitable as, like, online games, which is true. That's 100% true. Like, EA is doing what they're doing so they can maximize profits. But at the same time, I feel like developers have been and publishers have been spending so much money on games lately to do so much little extra stuff that I feel like isn't necessary. You don't need every single-player game to be, like, an 80-hour open-world experience with, like, nothing to do for 60 of those hours. Do you know what I mean? Like, Andromeda, for example. Um, the thing is, like, Senua hellblade or senua hellblade sacrifice is that what it's called that indie game that came out earlier this year um or hellblade senua sacrifice i believe it is that was an indie game that was like what you would call i guess a double a game um that was made for very little money and look at how well that did you know and we also got games like neo that came out this year which has technically it has multiplayer but like that's a single player game at its core (laughs) um there's like 80 hours of single-player content in that game. It's like, they, if they prioritize their spending right, and they don't need to spend as much money as they are, I feel like going for these profits that uh, microtransaction-heavy games are filled with, That great, good for your developers, but I feel like they wouldn't need to reach that far if they really sat down and looked at And planned out carefully i'm sure this is hard to do this isn't an easy solution but they can definitely work towards prioritizing what they're developing and how they're going at developing games and probably make make it much cheaper for them to develop these games like you have games like star citizen which are just that's a different case because it's a Kickstarter and it's just constantly generating money but like they're doing this awfully you know that game was supposed to come out three years ago into like 1.0 and like no one knows what they're doing with that money, and they obviously don't have the development priorities set straight. Thing, a game like Beyond Good and Evil 2, thats worries me a little bit. If, it kind of seems like Michelle and Cell is just trying to go all out and do like everything possible in a game, which is scary. But at the same time, believe it or not, in the YouTube comments for one of the new updates that came out a few days ago, um, someone actually brought up some good insight. that Because Ubisoft is publishing a game, Ubisoft is going to force them to either put this game out in a reasonable time within three or four years, or it's not going to happen. And so that means that they have to sit down and kind of develop the main core aspects of the game as soon as possible, and then kind of build the rest of the game around those and make sure those core aspects are there and then go from there instead of just saying, oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this early on, and then not follow through on any of that, you know, they need to, like this stuff could be streamlined and done better. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not all just profits. Like there are other things that can change as well. It's interesting. and You know, this This is definitely not as easy as I'm making it sound, but these are definitely things that could start transitioning over the next couple of years and make things easier down the line. You know, these wouldn't be instant changes, but it's definitely something that could be worked on, I'm sure.
0: Wow. Max is dropping a lot of knowledge right there. Um, yeah, definitely some great this is, points.
1: This makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some great points made there, for sure um
1: yeah victor Victor brought it up. he brought up that very good point, so, yeah in the chat
0: very good uh food for food for thought there, um another you know thinking I had with uh you know Sony's statement is we know that Phil Spencer earlier this year he came out and said that he wants to definitely focus a lot on um building games that are kind of services ongoing services and stuff like that so i'm wondering if you know that's kind of them being the opposite kind of thing you know to the competition um but yeah definitely interesting um and you know also uh uh during the keynote there was a segment where they you know kind of um gave andrew house a nice send-off um and you know i i talked to a lot of um people who follow the the workings of Sony closely. And um, there was a lot of speculation a few weeks back that uh, Mark Sony and Andrew House didn't really get on well, you know, but seeing, you know, Mark Sony and Andrew House and Kojima, you know, sitting down on the couch and talking and, um, you know, reminiscing, that was kind of cool to see, even though personally, I thought some of it was a bit cringeworthy, but um, you know, it was cool to see for sure like you know uh andrew house getting praised and everything for his work um at sony because he has done a lot he's been with the company for a long time Um, and he basically said that you know it was time for him to kind of start a new adventure in life you know because obviously he's not getting any young younger and he's worked with sony for a very very long time since he was you know a lot younger and everything so uh, i guess if if you've um if you've accomplished all all that he's accomplished, you know, why not set aside time to have, you know, a completely fresh journey in life, you know, while you still can. So it, it definitely made sense and it put a lot of things into perspective. Um so I guess, you know, for real PlayStation fans, that was cool to see, you know, to see Andrew House get praised like that. Um, Dana, did you have any thoughts on that segment?
2: No, I think everything was just said.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there wasn't there's not really much to talk about. Um well there was a, a panel for The Last of Us Two and I know Dana watched that. Um they did say like the biggest piece of news coming from that, and Richard actually told me this um earlier on because I didn't you know, I didn't watch it, but uh, Richard informed me of this. Um so they said that The Last of Us Two is gonna be playable at E three next year. So that's interesting that you know it's going to be that far along at that point and it makes me wonder when the game is actually going to come out you know i guess if it is playable then uh, there's a possibility it could come out you know in fall 2018 but dana since you watched the panel what's your thoughts on the last of us two
2: um anyone who is fans of the original is going to be very happy of what with what, what is going to happen with the second one It seems to be, they said, it's going to be a lot more intense. And as we saw from the, they gave a very brief, like, screen, not a screenshot, but like a trailer, almost a scene from the the, um, game. And it was very brutal and very violent. We saw, like, basically there were two captives. There was two people who were being held captive, and one uh, was being beaten with... Seems like either a hammer or an axe and their arm was trying to be separated from the rest of the body and these two Unidentified people came in and started killing the guys with uh, bows and arrows with the and so They did explain that it's gonna be a lot more violent and it's going to be more depressing So if you're a fan of that, um, they also addressed that Joel and Ellie might die, or they might not, but the fact that they're even saying that they they might, you know, I'm leaning towards them, you know, dying more than anybody else. Um, They said that, um, it's again, it's not going to be lighthearted at all. It's going to be very gross, it's going to be very violent, and it's going to be very brutal the events of the previous game is going to play heavily into the the next game we may end up meeting Ellie's mom so that seems to be very interesting um basically that was that was it that was talked about
0: cool yeah i mean the last of us 2 is another one of those games where i already know that i'm going to play it so, um, like, you know, I'm not looking too hard at, you know, new coverage or anything because I, I don't want to spoil myself. Like, I already know that I want the game. I don't need to be sold on it, kind of thing, you know. So, um, I am kind of avoiding all the the story related announcements and stuff like that because I just want to play it at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, um, PSX. Uh, that, that's pretty much it. Um, so the. The title of this show was, did we expect too much from the PlayStation experience? And um, just to end that off and answer that question, uh, well, yeah, I think our expectations, um, you know, we, like, they were based on what we've previously seen of PSX, and this was definitely not that, but, you know, Sony did kind of alert us to the fact that this was going to be a bit different, I guess. Um, but you know, not everybody heard that announcement, um, so they kind of expected a lot more from it. I do want to say though that Sony should—they uh, need to be a, a lot more organized, and they need to tell the people who are flying out to PSX, like they need to tell them exactly when you know th- this is happening, because um, there was a lot of complications, you know, um, especially with you know Richard and everything. Um, cause it was snowing in Atlanta. So, you know, he suffered a lot of delays, but he didn't originally, when he booked the tickets, he didn't even know that the keynote was going to be happening that day. You know, they didn't release that information. So everybody assumed that it was going to be happening the next day, like the Saturday or whatever, um, Saturday morning, because that's what happened last year. So if Sony would have announced that it was happening Friday evening, um people might have flown in the day before or, you know, a lot earlier and uh Richard wouldn't have been caught up in, you know, those delays. Um and it wouldn't have caused a lot of complications. So yeah, Sony needs to be a lot more clear on when things are actually happening. But um, yeah, from everything I've been hearing from the team that's out there right now, it it seems like the show is a lot more interesting if you're there. Um And, yeah, there's a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff to to check out there, which is cool. But, um, yeah, you guys got any final thoughts on PSX? It's just
2: painful. It's boring. I just found it to be disappointing. And the fact that there wasn't any release dates announced. And that's just something simple. So I really didn't understand the purpose of that. And they just showed old trailers from previous shows so that was disappointing. I would have been better off if they just showed trailers for new games and announced new games. That's all I needed. If you're not going to provide any information on the previously announced games, then there's no reason for you to even be there.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Max, any final thoughts?
2: Not in
1: particular, no. I am um, pretty much agree with Dana like the kind of the general opinion of the show and I I pretty much share the general opinion of the show
0: cool yeah um yeah so that's pretty much our thoughts Uh, I do want to announce that um Richard and JJ do plan on doing like a you know a recap of the show itself and you know how it was being there and what they've seen and everything so um you can probably look out for that possibly tomorrow because you know they're going to be traveling back of course um so yeah definitely be on the lookout for for that whenever that goes up but um yeah that's our thoughts on the playstation experience um and that's pretty much the end of the show so um we're gonna get into shout outs now so max uh let us know your shout outs
1: yeah, as always, thanks everyone for participating in the chat. You know, especially we had Victor bring up some great points uh, throughout the show. I've been talking with him most of the time in the chat. We had Akeem joining in earlier. We had Hyphen earlier on in the show as well. We had a few other people joining in here and there, which is always cool to see. And you know, thanks for everyone that um, thanks for everyone that listens to the show afterwards and leaves comments afterwards and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's always good to be here every Sunday with you guys and talk with you guys about games.
0: Yeah, indeed. I haven't um, been very active in the chat because I did have um, some internet connection issues earlier. Um, And, you know, I I forgot to refresh the chat, so I didn't see a lot of uh, the comments. But shout outs to Victor because, you know, I saw that he's been pretty active in there. Um, So, yeah, big shout outs to him and shout outs to everyone who interacts with the show on a regular basis. Um, Dana, what's your shout outs?
2: Just shout out to everybody who's listening and thank you for your time and opportunity for us to even have a show.
0: Indeed. Yep, so I'm going to get straight into the Patreon shout outs now. So um, special thanks to M. Collins, Sean Goretti, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelo and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, Miguel, and Mark Ah, uh, big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters. We will be bringing back, uh, you know, the giveaways pretty soon. Um, obviously the holiday is coming up, so things are a bit chaotic at the moment. But you can look forward to, you know, some more content and um, some giveaways coming in the future. So, uh, thank you for your continued support of uh, the coalition. And I want to give a big shout out to, um, you know, all of the the coalition teammates the coalition staff that are out at psx right now you know tony's out there um tatiana's out there richard jj you know um, big shouts to all of them and uh hope they're having a great time out there i know they um they went for a mexican meal yesterday so i'm kind of kind of jealous um it's always good fun when we get to you know meet up at these events and stuff and hang out in person um and it's cool that they you know they got to do that Twice this year, kind of, you know, um, at E3 and now at PSX. Um, hopefully, you know, the trend continues and we'll be back at E3 again, all of us. Um, so, yeah, uh, big shouts to the team, man. Was you going to say something, Dana? No. Okay, cool. Yeah, Dana's definitely going to be attending a lot of events in 2018. So definitely look out for that. But um, that's pretty much it from us. For this week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And take care, people. See you next week.